0: This is Chris Slade, former University of Virginia defensive end, graduate of 1993. Back on the staff at UVA, excited to be back coaching my um, old stomping grounds. You're listening to the Jerry Ratcliffe Show. Welcome to the podcast, Chris Graham here on the Jerry Ratcliffe Show with Jerry Ratcliffe, and uh, we've got some news to talk about this week. No Virginia basketball games to talk about until the with with the Cavaliers off until Saturday with the midweek bye. Uh, but we got some football news we'll get into. Maybe start there first. Jerry, first off, hope things are going well for you over, over the other side of the mountain for me.
1: Yeah, everything's fine, Chris. It was, uh, strange this time of year not having a game this week until, uh, this coming Saturday. So, uh, time to catch your breath a little bit, but, uh, not a lot of news going on this week. Uh, but everything's fine. I hope it is on your side of the mountain.
0: It is, it is, you know, from here on out, it's, uh, it's a sprint because, uh, with this midweek buy, now, we go back to you know, weekend game, midweek game, all the way through to the ACC tournament and uh, to at least the first Thursday or Friday of the NCAA tournament. So that's uh, we, we got it, was our chance to recharge our batteries, but that's basketball talk. We'll save that towards the second part of the uh, of the show here. Uh, the, the not a lot of football news, but some some rather big football news this week. Uh, Virginia losing. Um long time wide receivers coach and boy alum, uh, undergrad, master's degree from UVA. He's married to a UVA alum. Marcus Haggins is leaving. He he coached under three Virginia football head coaches. Um, uh, Mike London, uh, Bronco Hall. one year of Tony Elliott. He is heading to Penn State to take a similar job. Lateral move in one sense, but in another sense, that's that's a big time program to be the wide receivers coach at. So um Uh, We're losing Marcus, but, you know, I guess the UVA part of us has to say that's a big move for him, big step for him, big step forward for him.
1: Uh, It absolutely is, Chris. Uh, And as you and I were talking before we went on air, uh, it's a great step toward his future. Um, Certainly being a wide receivers coach and offensive recruiting coordinator at a place like Penn State, uh, perennial, excuse me, football power. Um. Uh, it's good. Looks good on your resume, and uh, you know, as as being a, a, an associate head coach at Virginia, that uh, that was one thing that Tony Elliott did for him. It was uh, was nice because usually when you bear that title in a program, it it kind of helps you going forward. Toward becoming a head coach somewhere, so um, having that title on his resume, uh, then being at Penn State, um, only greases the the rails a little bit in, in terms of uh, a future head coaching job, which I'm I'm sure he's interested in and and should be at some point in his career. He's he's a young guy and uh, has a, a great history in football. We, uh we virtually saw him grow up before our very eyes Chris um uh, I remember the first time I ever heard Marcus Hagan's name and I've said it on this program before I was sitting in the Hampton high school legend legendary coach uh, Mike Smith's office uh, I was on a recruiting trip with Danny Wilmer uh, not sure I was supposed to be there but I was and um Danny was telling Mike he says we need a we need a quarterback we need we need a uh, somebody that can help us beat Florida State. Uh, that's the kind of players we're looking for and Mike Smith said, well the, the best damn athlete in the state of Virginia is right there under your nose at Fort Union, Marcus Higgins. and uh, Danny promptly went back to Charlottesville and Went out to Fork Union, where he had close ties with John Schumann, the the terrific head coach out there. And Hagens uh, had committed to Indiana. They Indiana was recruiting him to become the next Randall L, uh, who uh, was a terrific player at Indiana and um, went on and was and became a terrific. Uh, slot receiver or wide receiver at uh, for the Steelers, and uh, Danny Wilmer, being the great recruiter he was, uh, convinced Higgins that he should be at Virginia instead of Indiana, and and uh, and got Marcus to flip and come to Virginia as a wide receiver, punt returner, uh, that sort of thing, and uh, backup quarterback, and. Uh, we saw him play really well uh, as a receiver. I think maybe a little bit as a defensive back and a punt returner uh, early in his career here. And then uh, was a backup quarterback and uh, early, I guess, I guess it was probably Marcus's sophomore year, Matt Schaub's junior year. Uh, Matt, didn't play particularly well in a game and Al Grode decided to bench Matt Schaub and, and Matt Schaub will still tell you to this day. In fact, I saw him a few weeks ago and he said, uh, he pointed to that as, as sort of the turnaround in his career at Virginia. Uh, he got benched and Marcus Higgins went up to Western Michigan. Uh, I covered that game and uh, was terrific and helped Virginia win a, a pretty high scoring game at Western Michigan. And then uh, I think Schaub started the next week and, and ended up being ACC offensive player of the year and uh, beating out Philip Rivers for that honor. And uh, we, we know what went on what Matt Schaub went on to be uh, as a Virginia quarterback record setting. And then, with the uh, Houston Texans, Atlanta Falcons uh, twice. And um, and Marcus Higgins went on and did help Virginia beat Florida State uh, in 2005 in one of the great upsets in Virginia history. And we'll still never forget Bobby Bowden saying after that game, we just couldn't stop that gum number 18, and that was uh, Marcus Higgins, who I think had around 400 yards total offense that night and was just unstoppable. But uh I didn't mean to rattle on, but <laughs> I have so much admiration for Marcus Higgins and what he was as a player and what he's been as a coach and, and a mentor to these kids, not just on the field, but off the field. It's easy to go on and on and on about him. Well, and
0: then he was in the NFL for parts of six seasons. He ended up going back to wide receiver and played yeah. the NFL with uh, a few teams. St. Louis Rams drafted him. Um, he was with them for I think three years. Came back to Virginia then as a grad assistant. Um, and I mentioned he he was a had, he was a coach under Mike London, and then he stayed around for Bronco Mendenhall, saved for the entire Mendenhall regime, and hung around for the first year of Tony Elliott. So I mean, it's it's rare to see an assistant coach, a position coach, particularly um, you know, stay around through one coaching change, much less two. And I think that speaks to the quality of, of coach quality of man that, that Marcus Hagans is, um, uh, and what he meant and what he meant to the Virginia program, both as a player alum and, and as a coach. Um, and so in that sense, it's, it's a huge loss. in that sense alone, it's a huge loss for Virginia. Then just the fact that, I mean, you, you know, look at the, look at the productivity he had on the field with his receivers, um, uh, You know, guys who came in not necessarily highly recruited, who he turned into NFL caliber players. Um, And then his value as a recruiter Penn State recognizes that they've made him the offensive recruiting coordinator, as you mentioned. And um, Penn State already owns the state of Virginia, at least as far as the top talent in Virginia goes from a recruiting standpoint. They can't own it anymore, but they've got Marcus Higgins, who's an ace recruiter here. Uh, that will just give them even more of a stranglehold on Virginia prep recruiting. So, I mean, it's, it's a loss for Virginia in the sense that we're losing a great guy like Marcus Higgins, but then we're losing a great coach and a great recruiter as
1: well. Yeah, no question. And uh, <clears throat> you're exactly right about how rare it is for a guy to survive one coaching change, let alone uh, be on three consecutive coaching staffs and, Uh, We heard Tony Elliott say it early on when he, after he became head coach here, that if there's one guy you got to keep on this staff, it's Marcus Higgins. And we all knew why. Um, We've had Marcus on our podcast before and uh, just talking more about just how he believes in the young men in the program and how he helps mentor them off the field and the respect that he has uh, from his players. Uh, he's going to be sorely missed just as much there as as an on the field guy where he coached 15 of the most 20 productive receivers in UVA history. Um, I mean, look at all the guys he's, he's developed. Uh, Unbelievable. A lot of them are making money in the NFL right now and and some of them will be soon. Um, But yeah, he's just, part of the fabric of uva football and his wife lauren uh what a wonderful person she is and uh, you know she's meant a lot to the virginia football community and uh his two kids uh they were at practice every time i was ever over there for uh when media was allowed to go in and his kids were out there passing the football with the players and stuff and <clears throat> it's interesting that uh he'll be reunited with, uh, Anthony Poindexter up at Penn State. Um, one of, uh, Marcus's son is named after, uh, Chris Long and, and Anthony Poindexter, or Christopher, uh, Dex, I think is, uh, is one of his kids' names. Uh, uh, so, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that, that goes in the future as well. If, uh, when Dexter goes somewhere and, and takes Marcus with him as a as part of his staff, uh, should Anthony move along. I think and I think it could go the other
0: way too. Um or vice versa. Yeah. One of those guys is gonna be one of those guys or or both those guys can be a head coach at some point in the next few years. And whichever the first one is is gonna I would think there there could be a possibility they would take the other one with them. Uh Dex could take uh, uh biscuit as his uh offensive coordinator, and and Hakens could take Dex as his defensive coordinator. So there's a a chance we're going to see those two guys working together again, uh, not just at Penn State, but somewhere else. Who knows, maybe Virginia one day.
1: Looking for a great dining experience in Charlottesville? Look no further than the Aberdeen Barn.
0: The barn has been family-owned and operated since 1965, with Terry and Angela providing great atmosphere and mouth-watering food at Virginia's
1: Big Time Steakhouse. Enjoy the fine dining or relax in the Sportsman's Bar, a fantastic place to wind down and socialize, surrounded by
0: flat-screen televisions, tuned to the latest sporting events. You never know who you might bump into at the Aberdeen Barn, where all the greatest Cavaliers have dined over the decades and keep coming back for the delicious menu and good times. Check it out online at AberdeenBarn.com or call 434 296 Hi, it's Jonathan Cotton with the Good Feet Store. As a lifelong runner, the pain in my feet was debilitating. Finally, I went into the Good Feet Store and found the answer. Personally Fit Art Supports. They helped me so much, I ran my first marathon that year. Then because I believed in the Good Feet system so much, I bought the store. I'm so happy to offer my hometown community the opportunity to find relief from foot, knee, and back pain. The Goodfeet store is located in the shops at Stonefield near Trader Joe's. Book your appointment today at goodfeet.com. Um, so that's the football news of the week. Yeah, not a lot else going on. I've, I mean, we've been scanning the transfer portal. No news there. No no prep news. So, um, But that's a, that's a big that's a big gap right there. Big hole to fill for Virginia football. Um, so I guess we'll go back to Virginia basketball now. The, the Cavaliers are sixth in the um, coaches poll, seventh in the uh, EP poll. Uh, with the midweek off, a chance to, I mean, you know, lick the wounds a little bit, get some guys who are maybe dinged up a little bit, a little bit of rest, some, some rehab, et cetera, et cetera. And Boston College then coming in Saturday and then a quick turnaround Monday night with, uh, Syri- going to Syracuse. So you got to Saturday, Monday turnaround. That's the, that's the, 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 the payback for getting the midweek off As you got two, two games and three days after that. Um, I, I guess some of the news this week, Jerry, from, from Tony Bennett's, um, Monday ACC teleconference, one of the things that emerged from there was just him talking about the uh, change in lineup uh, with Ben Vanderplas now, the starter at the center. And it seems like he's pretty well entrenched there at the center. Uh, And and a reporter asked uh, Tony about uh, Caden Shedrick, who had been the starter for much of this season and and much of last season. And Francisco Gafara, who started a little bit, you know, a good bit last season as well and, and was the backup this year for quite a while. Neither of them getting a lot of minutes right now. But Tony, uh, you know, didn't basically say that they're in any kind of doghouse. He just said that they need to be ready uh, to play uh, in the event that their names are called upon.
1: Yeah, and we've seen Tony do this before, uh, where he has put guys essentially reduce their playing time, and but they've come back in games and and played key roles in them winning. Uh, we've we've seen that throughout his career here. This is no different. There's times – I'm sure there's going to be times down the second half of the season, which will, I guess will start Monday night at Syracuse, um, when both Poppy and and Shedrick are going to be needed. Uh, And and I'm sure these guys will be ready, I I would think. I mean, that's – Virginia has a history of that, of guys being ready to come in and fill those roles when needed. Um, But in the meantime, uh, the small lineup is really working well. Uh, Virginia's on a five-game winning streak. They're scoring a lot of points. Uh, That win at Wake Forest was as impressive a win as I think they've had this season. They were just really good on both ends of the floor uh, against a pretty uh, hard team to beat at home. I mean, Wake Forest had won 28 of their last 30 home games. Including 15 in a row, and uh, all 10 this season. It's a tough place to play, and uh, Steve Forbes has done a great job in in turning that program around down there. Um, and not only was uh Wyatt impressive, and, and and Gardner, even though Gardner's had his time diminished a little bit too, but Ryan Dunn, the fabulous freshman has really come on strong. I think he had 30 minutes, if I'm not mistaken, okay. against the Deacs. Uh Pretty effective minutes, and um, he might be ready to start himself. I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. He's certainly going to get a lot of playing time, I think, the second half of the season, and we all kind of saw it coming <laughs> early on. He had uh, flashes of, of brilliance, so to speak, and then uh, was just kind of biding his time, but uh, you know he's he's not a freshman anymore. After he played half of the season in the ACC, he's uh, he's been around a little bit and uh, is a strong contributor, as a rebounder, a defensive player, and uh, he has shown us that he can score as well if he needs to. And uh, very complete kind of player is what Tony likes to refer to them as is they can get it done on all levels of the, of their game. And that's what he's been able to do. I think we'll see a lot more of him heading down the second half of the season, Chris. He's already finishing games out the last three
0: games he's been on the floor at the key moment. So, you know, whether he starts or not, but then, yeah, I think that I I agree. I, 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 an did a piece looking at the analytics of it. Um, Virginia uh, has been better on the, with him on the floor the last few weeks and, uh, Uh, you know, if, if it ends up that he's a starter, it would put, it would, uh, give Tony Bennett. He's basically to a seven man rotation. Now, um, if, if his two guys off the bench were Isaac McNeely, the, the guard who has obvious pop, uh, from the perimeter and then his guy in the post was Jaden Gardner, you would bring two offensive, uh, minded guys in off the bench that could give you an injection of something there that would be kind of unique to see. Uh, from from any lineup, much less a Virginia lineup, to have two guys who can, you know, score points in bunches for you coming off the bench.
1: Absolutely, and um, and and I, you know, I like the way Tony has handled this with with Shedrick as well. I mean, it's tough to see a guy who started the season as a starter and was getting major minutes uh, have his time reduced like that, and and, and I think Tony said it best that he addressed it in front of the team Uh, because a lot of times when things go unsaid uh, it can develop a lot of problems um, without the team you know people are whispering there's outside rumors blah 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 Uh, he addressed it head on in front of the team and I I think Shedrick probably appreciated that and uh, that there's and he, you know, he, he said opportunities will come, and so, uh, you know, as we mentioned before, I'm sure they will. But I, I like the way he handled that, and and that's one of the things that Tony said he he doesn't like about being a head coach is that you got to make personnel decisions like that, and it affects people. It's part of their lives and part of who they are, and um, it's never easy. But I, I I admire the way he handles. These kind of situations head on instead of dancing around it or trying to brush it under the carpet. But um yeah, you're right. Having Gardner and McNeely coming off the bench are very offensive-minded guys. And wow, McNeely's been on a tear lately, just like we thought he would. Uh he's shooting around 56% on his threes the last uh six or seven games, I think. And like Jim Lereneke said early on, uh in in that game where McNeely missed a few, he he said he said every time he put one up, I, I was kinda wincing or didn't want to look because it it looked like even if they didn't go in that they were gonna go in. And that's the way his shots are. They if <laughs> he hardly ever clangs one. And uh you know the guy's on fire. What can I say? And and that's exactly what we thought he would be. Uh, he's only going to get better and better as as we head down the the second half of this season. He,
0: I have him twelve for twenty one in the last five, 57.1% since the Syracuse game, the five game winning streak. Yeah, five game winning streak. And um, you know, with the small lineup, and it was a small lineup. It's got two it's got two six eight guys uh, as, as the key guys, uh, that, that's, that's not, a, but that, that, you know, that's what we call a small lineup, NBA lineup, uh, NBA teams use small lineups a lot these days too. But, um, with the small lineup, there's more penetration to dribble penetration by, you know, hey Clark and Reese Beekman and you know, Armand Franklin. And, you know, they're pitching out to guys. If, if, if guys help out, uh, to, to stop their penetration, there's, there's, you know, McNeely, or there's Franklin or there's Beek, all those guys can make threes. And, um, So I think that that's why we're seeing McNeely's numbers go up is because he's getting more, he's getting more clean looks and you can't give him a clean look. So um, what I like about the idea of, of Gardner coming off the bench is uh, just that again, not, not just that he's generically a a good offensive player, but um, it's, he's a different look. I mean, he, he, the reason I think he doesn't end up starting uh, as this season rolls on for Virginia is his game is, 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 very different than the other guys games in the sense he's not a three-point shooter he's also he's not much of a back-to-basket back-to-the-basket post guy he's the mid-range guy he floats around a perimeter you know the the inside of the perimeter and he he hits the 12 to 15 foot jumper that's where he, he feast um but that would give Virginia something different in the 20-25 minutes a game he's out there off the bench uh as far as that goes and yeah you know what you said about Shedrick it reminds me I'm thinking back. I mean, Evan Nolte comes to mind. Evan Nolte um, was, was deep on the bench, talented guy, four-star recruit, and, and and then, you know, didn't get to play much. And then when Justin Anderson got hurt in the 2015 season, all of a sudden Nolte is not, not only playing, but he's starting and playing 35 minutes a game. And he did well for a few weeks there and helped Virginia really stable, stabilize themselves. And so if you're, if you're Caden Shedrick, if you're Francisco Caffaro, um, you know, Ben Vanderplas, God forbid, if you're a Virginia fan, something happens to him, or just simple foul trouble. Um, those guys need to be able to come in, they need to practice so that they're ready to play and then come in and and do what they can do and have a big game. Um, and 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 Virginia not miss a beat. And I think Tony Bennett teams have had a tradition of keeping those guys who are just on the outside of the rotation looking in, ready to play, and they get inserted in and you know, for a lot of teams, those guys don't perform well, but for Virginia teams in the past, they have. And so that's Tony's message to those guys. Look, just because you're not getting minutes now doesn't mean we don't, uh, you know, need you down the stretch. There's going to be a game or two that Virginia is going to need Caden Shedrick, maybe Francisco Cafro as well, to be able to pull out a tight win.
1: Yeah. There's no, no, uh, no doubt about it. And, um, and, you know, it could happen at any moment too. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I mean, look at the foul trouble that they were in in Wake Forest the other yeah. day. Yeah, exactly. You know, what what I liked, uh, I liked something Steve Forbes said about that small lineup too, is that uh, he said, he said I think Virginia's a better offensive team like that and because you have to get, guard all five players. And um, that's not, he said, that's not necessarily the case. And a lot of teams you play, you can kind of slough off and say, well, you know, we really don't have to guard this guy very much, but against that lineup, there's not a guy on the floor you can leave unguarded. If you do, you're going to pay for it. So uh, I think that's a really smart move on Tony's part as well as to uh, go with five scorers because they've been such a a more of a complete team and a a tougher team to beat uh, when they can score the ball. And, uh, we saw early on when they were struggling a little bit; they were having a, a hard time scoring uh, in a couple of those games that they lost, and uh, even in a couple of games since then, they've gone. They've had these mysterious droughts. In fact, uh, there was one uh, analyticals service I saw out there that uh, Virginia, in terms of uh, all the teams, power teams out there. Uh, or maybe all the teams in Division one I'm not sure, but they, they were in the bottom uh, three or four teams in the country and having the most uh, stretches of, of non-scoring action or the biggest droughts of any teams in the country. So uh, that's something to be cons- a little concerned about. And maybe one of the reasons why he went to the – the smaller lineup to, to try to keep that from happening because, uh, uh, that's a horrible stat <laughs> Yeah, yeah being one of the worst teams in the country when it comes to having, uh, droughts, uh, long, long droughts too, we're talking about.
0: Yeah, I did. I did some analytics my, of, of my own. Um, since the, he went to that small lineup 15, 12 to go in the second half against North Carolina. Um, points per possession virginia is averaging 1.23 points per possession if that was a season long number that'd be number 1 in the country um and uh you know they're giving up a little more defensively but what's interesting there's a website evanmaya.com, that i've come yeah, across yeah that's, so that, that's the one of at like, the one you're yeah. talking about yeah. the um they one of the one of the features on that site's lineup analysis and um the, the, the you can look at two you know how two players play together all the way up to five man lineups the five man, the two best five man lineups for Virginia, both have Vanderplas playing center. The best one has uh, Dunn playing power forward, and uh, the the one with um, the the one the four guard lineup that he used against uh, uh, Carolina and has used at times in the last few games since, with uh, Beekman, Clark, Franklin, McNeely, then around Vanderplas is actually the best defensive lineup that Virginia has of any lineup they've got. And it's, it's, it would seem counterintuitive at first. There's no shot blocker on the floor. You know, you've got a a smut, especially the four guard lineup. You've got one, six, eight guy. No one else is over six, four on that, on the floor, but um, they, they're, they're by far the best defensive lineup Virginia has got. So um, it's the quality of the players on the floor, probably a little bit. And uh um, but the, uh, those are the two best offensive lineups that Virginia has too, uh, according to Evan, So it's just fascinating to think that it's, you know, Tony says this a lot he, he, and, and people might get frustrated. You know, he says this all the time. Uh, you know, we're still trying to figure out who we are. He'll say, you know, some version of those words, we're, we're trying to figure out who we are. You know, they were, this Virginia team was ranked as high as number two in the country. And he didn't discover who they were until that second half of that Carolina game. Uh, I, I really think that what he he stumbled onto there by going with that four guard lineup around Vander, Vanderplass. uh and of course he's been giving a lot more minutes to done lately this is the look that this team needs to have as we go to February into March and I don't know that you would have charted this back in October and November when you're looking ahead to the season oh that's going to be our best lineup no no one would have thought that but this is probably the best lineup that he's got
1: oh yeah and, and i've I've saw people write that this is this is my, this is the lineup I like. This is their best lineup, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I, I think you're right. And one of the things I like about Tony Bennett is he doesn't accept uh, that from the beginning of the season. He'll go with what he likes and then he will tinker and develop players as we go along. And that, you know, he's known as a a pro a developmental program that makes players better as they go. And I mean, look at that 2019 team. Uh, certainly the lineups they finished with wasn't the lineups they started with. And, you know, why should it be? I, I think coaches who are fixed on a particular lineup and, and just do it because it's worked doesn't mean it, it can get better. And, you know, so – you know, get some of these younger players. All they need is time and experience to bring out the the best in their game. And and uh, when you got the proper coaching, uh, that's going to happen. Uh, we've seen coaches, you know, stick with guys too long, and just because they're supposed to be good, uh, and you know, we've seen some <laughs> some of their careers take a, a a down plunge, uh, so to speak, because uh, they won't change. They're too stubborn. They they think, well, you know, this is the way it's going to be. And um, I, I like I like Tony's open mindedness about you know letting players develop and get better as the season goes along. I, it's not fair to, to everybody on your team if if they're playing better than people ahead of them and it's keeping them on the bench. It's not. just not right. Uh, Some players get better. Some players don't. Some get worse. And um, I appreciate the fact that he uh, is a guy that allows that to happen in his program, that he rewards people who are practicing well and playing well.
0: We've had time this week because there's no game – it was no game midweek. I went back and looked at the starting lineup for the championship game in 2019 and uh, just to refresh my memory it was a four guard lineup uh, around Mamadi Diakite the four guards yeah. were Ty Jerome Kyle Guy DeAndre Hunter uh and Kea Clark and then it was basically a six man rotation the the uh Braxton Key got 28 minutes off the bench uh, Jack Salt played 4 minutes Jay Huff played 3 minutes um uh, but essentially a six man rotation with really Braxton Key's pretty much a big guard so five guards and Mamadi Diakite uh, and and that, that was the team that won the championship. And that was not the team, as you mentioned, Jerry, that wasn't the team that started that year as a starting right. lineup and the rotation. That was something that evolved over the season. Tony's great at learning his personnel, reading his personnel and going with what works. And, um, um, he, he may have discovered this crypt. He, he may have discovered this little bit of gold sooner than he did in 2019. Um, that team had a lot of talent, but, uh, he, he discovered the right combination later in that season. But, um, it's been interesting to see uh, how this group t- has developed. Um, I was going to throw one thing out to you too, Jerry. Uh, uh, I, I know you like when you write your, your scatter shooting columns, you'll talk about your, your spies and your, your sources and that kind of thing word got to me this week that the, uh, the Georgetown uh, point guard who transferred to Virginia, Dante Harris, who's transferred in, he he could be eligible. He would be eligible. If he wanted to be, he's redshirting this, this semester, but he's part of the program. He's practicing with the program. Uh, the word's gotten out that he is uh he is tearing up the scout team. Basically, he he uh, as the point guard on the scout team, uh, is is really uh, making practices much more competitive for the starting lineup and the rotation. And um, one one player saying that uh, basically, uh, that is helping make the team better as well because you know, essentially, uh, you got KeA Clark and Reese Beekman, two of the better point guards in the ACC, going up against this guy in practice. And it's almost like he's he's as good or better than anybody they're going to see in a game. And, you know, I, I think what I get out of that is that we don't often see this, but it, it is important to to have good quality practices that get you ready for the game action. And, you know, basically, when you start looking back at it, since he's, since he's been part of the program, this Virginia team's been pretty good. So that's an unseen part of how this success may be playing out.
1: <laughs> yeah, and excuse me, and, uh, and look at the – uh Look at the, the guys on that scout team that these guys are going up against. They're going up against, uh, Poppy and Shedrick, um, in some cases, uh, yeah, yeah. the new kid, uh, also Isaac Trout and, uh, Leon Bond. And Leon Bond, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a pretty good scout team, brother. Scout team. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, I think I could take that team and do fairly well in the ACC with it. <laughs> but, um, uh, We've seen this before, where the scout players make the the team better. I mean, look at Sam Hauser a couple of years ago. They couldn't stop him in in practice. He was unbelievable. He was shooting lights out of the of of the basket. And uh, so, yeah, these guys are going to make the starters better. They're going to push them in practice every day.
0: One year, Malcolm Brogdon and uh, Anthony Gill were, the, were led the scout team.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: That was a pretty good scout team too.
1: <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, I've heard this kid is pretty good. I know he uh, – I think he played under Curtis Staples at at some point, um, and we all remember how great Curtis was. Um, so, yeah, he's one of the refugees of the Georgetown program that Patrick Ewing, I think, ran off. And uh, from what I understand, that's that's been a problem at Georgetown where – they've run off more talent than they've kept, which p- might explain why they've been so bad. But uh, their loss is Virginia's gain for sure. And uh, uh, this guy should be a, a terrific point guard uh, for Virginia's future. And, <laughs> I mean, you look you look at uh, him and Trout and, uh, and Bond will be eligible uh, for next year's team along with – uh, Gertrude and uh, Buchanan coming in. That's that's five pretty solid players joining your team right there.
0: Yeah, five guys that we haven't really seen this year. Uh, that will be in addition to what else is coming back next year. That's right. Uh, that that won't be that won't be a bad thing at all uh, for Virginia basketball. So uh, BC is an early tip on Saturday. Um, I'm not sure I like a 12 o'clock Saturday tip, Jerry, but that's what we got. Um, I guess our day, our our day will be over early. That's not so bad, but, um, breakfast, it feels like at JPJ for those of us who are going, um, uh, you know, we've, we talked a little bit before we hit record, uh, not a lot about, we've looked into this BC team and they've won four ACC games. I mean, they beat Notre Dame twice. They beat Louisville. They beat Virginia tech. Virginia tech's better than their two and seven record. Um, uh you, you know they've got some talent uh you know they, it, it, you know Virginia's favored big I think uh 16 17 point favorite in this game uh, depending on who you look at but you know uh, BC BC's got some ACC wins so and Virginia's coming off the bye. uh you know and it's an early start so maybe <laughs> that's a, that's another factor uh you know this 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 might be competitive for a good bit there and, and certainly you know there, there's there's some talent there at BC so um,
1: any thoughts that you have, I, I'm trying, I'm trying to do my best there, Jerry, to yeah. boost up this BC team. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to pay much attention to, to BC because even their own fans don't pay much attention. To right. them. Um, I've been to games up there where there's practically nobody in the stands, uh, in a, it's not a college town, uh, not a college sports town anyway. Um, uh, BC gets largely ignored by the, Fans up there, but uh, so not a much excitement surrounding that program, and uh, yeah, they, they're they on a two game winning streak, they beat uh, Notre Dame 84 to 72 and Louisville 75 to 65. But uh, for the most part, I, I know they're a physical team, and uh, they've got some guys that can score uh, in bunches at times, but Uh, it's hard to get too excited about BC coming to town because they just, uh, they just haven't been very competitive in the ACC for a while now. But uh, um, I'm sure Tony has spent most of his time this week, just trying to make Virginia better. And again, with the scout team like that, how could you not? Uh, When you're emphasizing the things that he does in practice, but <laughs> I'm sure they've spent a little bit of time on, on BC, but more time on themselves, just trying to improve and, and moving forward. Because uh, like you said, they got a quick turnaround. I got, got to, got to go to Syracuse on Monday night and uh, Syracuse uh, could have easily beaten North Carolina the other night. I, I watched some of that game and, um, questionable call there toward the end <laughs> yeah you're being nice i thought they got hosed at the end there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well they did they did get hosed at the end
0: <laughs> i thought it was a bad call and uh, a couple of them there, there was a the charge call yeah. with the uh the flagrant and then the the inbound after that the carolina kid flung the syracuse kid and he got called for the foul so yeah yeah bay, bay and that was in front of bay, bayham looked like he he just there was not even a point of arguing I, i've never he seemed like he just okay you know this is the ACC. Why did we even join? Why didn't we stay in the Big East?
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I could read his lips a few times and he was uh-huh. not happy. But, uh, um, the old Bayheim would have probably got a technical foul, but uh, I guess when you're, uh, you coach as long as he has, he just uh, uses the uh, BS word and blows the referee off when he comes over to the huddle. But like, uh, you know, just get away from me. But, um, Yeah, that that won't be an easy game for Virginia. uh, Although sometimes they've gone into the dome up there and just blown Syracuse out. And that could happen again. Uh, They handled Syracuse pretty easily down here until the end when Syracuse started pressing a little bit and Virginia went on one of those droughts that we talked about. But uh, uh, Tony, for the large part, has, has been able to find holes in that two three zone and and tear it apart yeah and uh if they can continue to shoot the way they have lately uh, that could very well be the case again monday night up in syracuse which uh i don't think i'll be making that trip. i've been up there uh, every time i've gone up there in basketball season it seems like there's been like Eight feet of snow on the ground. So I think I'm going to try to avoid that one this
0: time. You don't want to have to live up there for a few weeks after this one's over. Oh, Lord, 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 no. <laughs> I could not do that. Well, that's that's the next two for Virginia. So, uh, Boston College on Saturday at noon, Monday night, uh, as part of the big Monday with uh, at, at Syracuse. Uh, go to jerryratcliffe.com uh, uh, and, and augustafreepress.com for previews of both and then post game from Boston College, of course. Hey Jerry, we gotta thank the people who helped make this responsible as we're getting ready to wrap up.
1: Yeah, somebody uh, emailed me the other day and asked if uh I think I had on this same uh shirt from uh our, one of our sponsors. He says, Is that a Penn state shirt? No, it's not a it's not a nittany line there, it's a dog. <laughs> <laughs> the logo for uh Roback Roback, our our newest sponsor, it's a Charlottesville-based active and sportswear company. Um Charlottesville people, uh, one of the fastest growing companies in America. If you uh if you go on any website, you're probably gonna see a million Roback ads, R H O B A C K. Um incredible clothing. And uh I've been modeling some of it. Uh they they make everything uh from hoodies to the the uh I think they call these Q-zips, uh men's line and women's line. Um They're very active in the NIL world and trying to help athletes, including Virginia's Kihei Clark. He's one of their spokespersons. Um, uh, Great clothing, colorful. uh, They got every kind of uh, shirt that you can imagine. Um, It's very comfortable stuff. I I don't want to ever take these off. These things are so comfortable. But... uh, you owe it to yourself to to uh, check them out, and uh, you can do that. Look on our website; it's uh, they have a nice big ad up there with this logo on it, uh, rowback. And if you click on there and uh, order and use the code, Chris Long, UVA Jerry. Uh, um, it was Chris Long trying to call me. I'll have to call him back real quick. Uh, UVA Jerry, you can. Uh, Get twenty percent off of your uh, first order, and uh, it helps us, and uh, we appreciate it. Uh, also, Aberdeen Barn, uh, best steakhouse in Virginia. Listen to their ad on our show, uh, on our uh, on the show that uh, we have, and um, also uh, the Good Feet people uh, at the Good Feet store. Over at Stonefield, um, I've had a lot of people that uh, I've referred to go there and then they tell me it's made a big difference in uh, the discomfort they've had walking or running. And uh, it's helped them a lot. I can, it's helped me, helped uh, me walking. Uh, I've had had, uh, some foot issues and it's helped me with their arches. It's not a shoe store you can get shoes there but uh, it's mostly arch supports for your feet that to help you uh, run and walk with eliminate the discomfort and also UV uh, excuse me a uh, ragged mountain uh, running shop with Mark and Cynthia Lorenzoni so uh, please drop by all these sponsors and uh, and check out Roback uh, on our website and uh, uh, they have a lot of stuff, uh, golf clothing too. So if you're a golfer, definitely check it out.
0: Well, thanks to those sponsors. Thanks to all the sponsors on the website and thanks to you for listening. And if you have anything you want to look up, go to jerryratcliffe.com, AugustaFreePress.com, Uh, and we have everything you want to know and more about EVA sports for Jerry Ratcliffe, I'm Chris Graham signing off. Everyone have a great day.